The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Baseball season is right around the corner in the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and SeatGeek are on a 30-day tour with fans from around the major leagues. Listen in as we talk about where to get a bite or a beverage pre- and post-game. Best place to sit at every ballpark for favorite food, favorite players, and favorite moments from all 30 stadiums around the big leagues. It's the 1420 Fan Experience Ballpark Tour brought to you by SeatGeek. Let's get into it. 1420 Fan Experience Major League Baseball Tour brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. purchase. Stop number seven in the uh, Major League Baseball Tour brings us back to the American League Central to talk about the Cleveland Guardians. I got it right. And the progressive field. I'm joined today by Peyton Vince of the We Like Sports Podcast. How are you doing today, Peyton? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I'm I'm not going to be offended if you do end up slipping up and saying the Cleveland Indians. I mean, it's happened so many times with us in Cleveland. It's actually kind of been a fun game so far that it's been how well and how often can I say Guardians. And I think like throughout the year, like as I mentioned to you off the air too, I work at a radio station part time and I only think I messed up like one time last year when they made that name change. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, that's pretty good. Like, that's brand new name. And I'm brand new to this name change. So many people like I think the playoff run for the Guardians definitely helped out the name more so because there were a lot of people that were offended, all the diehard baseball fans of the Indians. And I mean, I think from there, once they ended up having a good team, a young team and it's kind of changed like the motive though. And I think that's kind of like throughout the year, you saw people more accepting of the guardians name that were sticklers to keeping the Indians name, I guess, if that's a little bit of insight from like a Clevelander. Yeah. What was the, what was the pushback? Like, was there some pretty extreme guys back in Cleveland, men and women, obviously baseball fans that had a lot of pushback that if you change the name, we're not coming back. Was there, did it get to that, that kind of extreme? I'd say it got to that extreme. Like I know that there's still people probably that won't go to games just because they did change the name. But like me personally, like we said, like I I'm very lenient with the name. Like I'm in my mid twenties. So it kind of makes sense. Like I've known the Indians for 26, 25 years. And this is a year now and I'm about to be 27. So it's just kind of like, that's all that I knew, but I still know that like, it's going to be, another 70 plus years more than likely that they're going to be the guardians unfortunately it's just the way things are but some people are just so stickler for the fact that it's not the indians it's kind of like the whole entire aspect of progressive field it's not progressive field it's always going to be the jake it's always jacob's field but it's like that times 10 i guess you could say with the name change yeah, that was my next next question for you. If it's because I I still like in my head, I've never been to Cleveland yet, but I'm that's kind of on our on our tour for this summer. But I've called it the Jake since it opened back in '94, and it's just because that's what it, what it's always been. And people, like, and I had a guy on the other day talking about what they talk uh, Miller Park in, in Milwaukee that it's not even called it's American Family Park or whatever it is. But you yep. you, you remember those first names all the time. And it's just that, that that's just what it is. And you can't get away from it. Exactly. You're a hundred percent right. Like, and the, the fact that you said Miller park, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know that the mascot's going to be sliding down the slide in his uniform. And if you're a home run or something crazy, cause that's the way Brewers tradition always is. Yeah. But I couldn't tell you what the new name is. It's like Pittsburgh and the, the pirates. It's was PNC park for the longest time. I guarantee you it's not the same anymore just because they end up changing name changes and you get different owners. It's like, I guess the biggest aspect from like just a regular baseball fan is that like if Fenway Park wouldn't be Fenway Park anymore? Like, what if it's called 
first uh, federal first Fenway federal bank park. at Fenway Park or yeah, whatever. Like first bet, yeah, it's just leave it. Yeah, no, it, it is it is crazy that way. Like the Oakland changes theirs every every year. It seems like you never know. You don't know what it's called. Like it's Ricky Henderson Field at this. I don't know what's going on there. Well, I don't think Oakland people know what's going on in Oakland. But um, no, they're not paying attention to baseball anymore. That's for sure. No, when you uh, when you get around Jacobs Field, it's been around since 1994. I'm like I'm, I'm assuming there's a pretty vibrant uh, pregame activity going around. Uh, I'm going to call it Jacobs Field because that's just the, the Jake. Uh, what's the uh, the go-to place for a pregame beverage or a meal? Where, where, where do you guys go to have a, a pregame? Or is there is there one one, two, or or six six places that, that you got to go and you got to get there early or else you ain't getting in? Man, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever actually been asked that question before for like any kind of like baseball interview whatsoever. And it's a very good question. But I mean, right next to the ballpark, you end up having, I think there's a thirsty parrot and it's, usually, it's literally the ballpark, a driveway to get to one of the parking garages and then a thirsty parrot. So like afterwards, like if there was like any concerts going on at progressive field or the Jake or like the Q, cause I'll still call it the Q rocket mortgage field house is another thing to get used to still, yeah. but the thirsty parrot always seems to be packed no matter what events going on. Um, there was one place I forgot the name of it. I want to say it's like a Lushies, but I know that's like an Italian restaurant that's way off, but it has like, that's where like my stepdad and I used to pregame all the time that we ended up having all the food and they had the appetizer sampler platters and this great price for beer. Cause I know he was a fan of it and the food for me as a kid, it was great. And that was before Browns games. It was before Cavs games. It was before Indians games. And it was just like, those were mainly like the main two. I mean, you could always include in winking lizard just because it's winking lizard, but I'd probably <laughs> say yeah, you're easy to remember. Yeah. Right. Easy. And if you're going to a game, though, I definitely say it's worth a stop going to Thirsty Parrot just because you're right outside the ballpark. And unfortunately, just because life happens in the past, you would be actually able to probably hear John Adams banging on his drum in the bleachers. But that's definitely going to be a feature that's going to be missed in the upcoming years just because, unfortunately, he passed away. But that was such a huge part of Guardians Indians history. I mean, he was a diehard fan and he was just to hear that aspect like that was always when you knew you were close to the Jake was when you'd hear a bass drum banging from whatever. If the game's going on, if it's a pregame festivity going on. But usually you'd end up hearing a drum from a good mile away. And it's a thunderous type of drum. But it was always, you could probably hear the sound bite of it. But it's not going to be the same pure sound that you'd be hearing compared to years past, though. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to be around ever since COVID happened either. So he's been away from the ballpark for quite some time and then had a couple health issues. And he was definitely, I'd say, that guy that, like, you have... Cavs games and basketball games you know he's like that one fan that riles people up that's what John Adams was to the Guardians I'd say or the Indians is he was kind of like that team guy that he was just a fan but everybody knew him his drum and him have a seat all the time I mean they even have a plaque in the bleachers too and it was just the right spot of the ballpark that you actually were able to hear the sound all throughout and it wasn't like an echo it was just a pure sound that rang throughout the ballpark when you leave uh, the thirsty parrot after you've had your your pregame ready to go, and you get, you go about an hour before the game, maybe to catch whatever's happening inside the ballpark. That's one of my favorite things to do. Is when you're a first timer going going somewhere to see the things uh, more first around the ballpark. Is there anything outside the ballpark that that a fan should stop by, maybe get a picture or something for for posterity uh, looks? Um, I'd say like it's. I want to say it's outside. They always have like the statues. I want to say there's like a Jim Tomey statue outside, and they had like a couple like memorabilia type plaques on like the on the on the concrete, pretty much that are in like engraved within the concrete. 
And outside of the ballpark, you could definitely see a lot of like just the different players, the history of the ballpark. And they have a lot of like tributes that way. But when you get inside, it's when you end up getting to like Heritage Park, which is like if you're going from, I think, like right field area, you'd end up kind of walking to like center field and you have the bleachers and the scoreboard. You'd end up seeing Heritage Park, which is right like bullpen level, but it's an open like it's an open area separate to the bullpen closed off but that's when you end up seeing all the plaques and all the historical guys that you ended up seeing all throughout your jim tomies your kenny loftins your uh lou bordeaux's um trying to think of other names i think there's uh tris speakers even in there i want to say too or lejour with them i want to say and it was definitely it gives you the whole entire history of all the way of cleveland baseball overall and heritage park would definitely be a cool thing to take pictures with but i'd for sure also get a picture with that jim tomey statue i did that a while ago and it's always a cool picture to look back at just because he's standing i want to say he's posing too and he's in his stance and it just something that people from my era unfortunately they didn't get to see jim tomey play the whole entire time I got to see him play in 2011, 2012, when it's near like the buyout of his contract and he's near the tail end of his career and done playing. I'm seeing that version of Jim Toby when his high, his highlights, his heyday was in the mid nineties. And I was zero years older. I was one years old, yeah. depending on what time frame they were playing at. Yeah. I watched, I got, I was fortunate to watch Tommy play actually in Oakland. We were just talking about this back in, I think 1999 or 2000, I think it was. And yeah, just, those, cause they had some great teams in Cleveland back, back in those years. Uh, when you get in the ballpark, get ready to get, get to your seat. What's then don't, don't just say a hot dog. Cause that's, that's the easy uh, cop out answer. <laughs> when you go to a ballpark, what's the, the go-to food that you can only get at the Jake that you're like, you got to get this no matter what, what's that, what's that one snack you're getting? Okay, so this is going to be kind of off the wall, but it's going to all go hand in hand. So ever since like they rebuilt the stadium, or not rebuilt, but like redid sections, Took they some ended seats up out and... bar. Yeah, they, and because attendance was never that pristine overall, so the attendance you end up adding some things, you take out some seats, and then overall your attendance numbers look a little bit better. And they ended up adding the corner bar. If you really want like kind of like cheap seats and you have like having a couple adult beverages you end up having standing room only seats. It's like an upstairs and like the second floor. And then they also have like in the right field, like close by the foul pole standing room only. And it's all just standing room. It's a bar. And I want to say like your first two beers or so are like part of your ticket or like your first beer is part of your ticket price. So you're still getting some kind of advantage. You got me intrigued. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> and it's definitely being in right field and having those seats too. And sitting down, it's nice because, like, that's kind of like your people are having a couple of beverages. They're getting fired up. They want to be a part of the entertainment and have a good time just as much as anybody else. Sometimes it just needs a little bit of the liquid courage that would end up having a little bit more involved almost. And that's kind of where that, like, the corner bar ends up, like, getting its name and having everybody united together. But you end up having that. I'd say that'd be a good seat just to try out something I want to do in the future. Um, but they ended up having in like the outfield, like by like right field, center field area, you have all these restaurants. They have Barrio. If you don't have a Barrio near you, it's worth checking out. They have um, some kind of uh, like they have tacos, they have hot dogs. They have so many like local Cleveland restaurants, but they have with one of the hot dogs i forgot the name of the place i'm blanking on it but you actually have the ability that they make cereal hot dogs like they have cereal like fruit loops on top of your hot dogs 
and it's mixed with like whatever together, but it's like a hot dog with fruit loops on it. And that's kind of like, if you're out of Ohio, if you're going to the new ballpark and you like hot dogs, change it up and maybe try a little bit of cereal on it. Cause that's like, that's something you don't get too often. They have, they that's have odd. their ice cream selections. They have really good food out there. So, I mean, if you want to have your typical borrow park food, go for it, but I'd suggest going out like right field area, center field area, and kind of exploring like the local Cleveland areas because, because that's going to be like the main things that you can find within the area, probably mile, half a mile down the road within that Cleveland area away from the bar park. If you end up going towards like West 25th. Yeah. A lot of ballparks are doing that. Now they're getting a lot more local uh, vendors, I guess, inside parks all over everywhere that you go. And it gets in, it gets people's name out there because the tourists to go, go to games from out of town and they, they get to figure out where, where these places are. Uh, where's your favorite place to sit over the years when you go to a game and going for how X amount of years, where, where's your go-to seats when you, uh, when you go to a, a guardians game nowadays, man, that's a really good question. Uh, so where I've probably been the most, like I mentioned, John Adams too, it was always kind of like the authentic sound of the bass drum. It was always tradition. I'm sure it pissed off plenty of other teams and fans just because it was always part of the guardians baseball way, like runners in scoring position. You could expect everybody to end up clapping together and you're the section that's starting in the bleachers. So you can have pretty nice seats over there. Um, right field. I've been to a couple times, right fields a really nice area as well. Um, upper deck, not really a huge fan of it. I definitely prefer like the lower bowl, but I definitely say like my go-to seats, if I have the preference and like unlimited income whatsoever, I don't yeah. care about the price. I'm looking like first base side, right outside of the visitors dugout. I sat there one time as a kid and this was back when like the guardians had David risky as one of their relief pitchers and Ben Broussard and Ryan Garko, like that, like 2005, 2006 era of baseball. And I was, I don't know, nine, 10 years old and I actually made it on TV with my stepdad at the time. And that's how good those seats were. Like, that's how I know to this day. I'm like, those are some really great seats because you're right by the security officer or the police officer that's right outside of the stadium. So you don't have some jack wagon trying to storm the field or you end up sitting behind home plate. And I've sat like five, six rows back from behind home plate that you could actually see the pitches coming in and yeah. I'm watching games when it was like the Orioles against the guardians and you have Corey Kluber pitching. And this is when Corey Kluber's Cy Young, Corey Kluber, he was and so you're good, yeah. Chris Davis. Oh, for four, Oh, for five. And he's striking out five times almost. And it's, you're seeing movement on the pitches. If you really want to pay attention, like that behind home plate was definitely my favorite, just because you're seeing every, you're not missing a thing whatsoever. You're seeing the pitches come in. You see where the ball's going to. It's probably the best view overall. If you do have a preference and they even have like the little canopy over it, if you go far enough back behind home plate, but also that's wind resistance too. So it's going to be kind of hot and you're going to be pretty sweaty afterwards. Cause you're not getting any wind off the lake whatsoever because that roof over top that's miniature, but it's still doing the job. I listened to your guys' last show this morning. You guys were talking about the rule changes in baseball. Uh, and I don't think that baseball has a baseball problem. I think that baseball has a, um, a networking problem and get, getting their name out there. And the rule changes, I, I think, are going to help a little bit. But I don't know about how much. Like the games this week and there was – when this won't get out until probably Friday. But the games I watched this week, and yes, the the, the time went down a little bit in, in most cases. Like half an hour they were they were talking. Some was the, the time frames were still up. What's your thoughts on the rule changes that, that, that are coming up uh, to Major League Baseball that are, that are happening for, with spring training games right now? So I'm actually – I'm kind of torn on it. Like, that's my best answer because like there's parts of me that's a diehard baseball fan 
I'm traditional. I don't want to end up breaking tradition whatsoever, just because that's the way I grew up with baseball. That's when I played baseball. It was those rules too, too. having a pitch clock, having a shift band, having a pitch limit was only during like recreational and like high school baseball. And that was it. It wasn't like a pretty much like a standard pitch count, which you might end up seeing because you have a pitch clock now and you have guys like Shane Bieber after pitching a bullpen session, almost after throwing 40 pitches within that time frame. He's saying he's exhausted as a baseball fan. I'm concerned now because that's 40 pitches within, I don't know, three, uh, whatever time frame, And he's exhausted after 40 pitches. You're a starting pitcher though. You have to be able to throw at least 80 pitches to at least have me a comfortable five, six innings or so and get me by. But if you're going to be exhausted after four, I'm a little concerned. I'm definitely a little concerned with that. The shift being banned. I'm willing to give it a chance just because with that being banned, you have a lot of baseball guys like Jose Ramirez. It's going to be a huge benefit for him just because you have so many people go to one side when he's batting, whatever way switch hitter. And you have guys like Joey Gallo that he can't hit a baseball from broadside of the barn. Like he's just not a good. Hitter. Oh, trust me, man. I was, I'm a Yankee guy and he'll, oh, I didn't like him at all. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Oh geez. But it's unbelievable though. Like with the shift and like, I want to give it a chance just because it's going to give batting averages up. And I definitely feel like it's became a pitcher's game, but I also, like I mentioned, I mentioned Corey Kluber and games pitching with him. I was absolutely fine with those one nothing, two nothing games when it's 13 strikeouts, 14 strikeouts, just because you're seeing dominance. Like you're seeing a pitcher dominate a lineup and baseball's already a difficult sport enough. It's three out of 10 times. If you're getting on, that's Hall great. You're betting 300. Yeah. You're a hall of famer. You're, you're doing great. You're yeah. doing. And if every day, if that was my job, I only had to get something right three out of 10 times or be successful three out of 10 times. I feel like I'm failing. Yeah. Like if we ended up having three views for every 10 people that end up listening to it or like three subscribers, I'm feeling like I'm failing. Like I'm feeling my numbers aren't matching up. But if we look at it from a baseball point of view, we're in the hall of fame of podcasts. We're doing great. We're yeah, doing as crazy. good as high Cobb was. The, uh, you talk about how like the, the, the Cleveland Indians, I did it already. The Cleveland guardians <laughs> pitching staff, they, that, that was their strong suit last year. Got them in the playoffs, uh, gave, gave themselves a chance to win, almost took the Yankees out in the divisional round. Uh, is that something that Terry Francona, who I think is the best manager in baseball, is that something that uh, the Cleveland guardian fans can look forward to this year with having that strong pitching staff, uh, maybe a year older, uh, a little bit of experience under their belt. And because they weren't supposed to really be that team, in the American central last year, but I think that their hands, hands down the best team in the American central. Is that something Francona and uh, Guardian fans can look forward to saying we got this this really good pitching staff right now? So this is probably going to surprise a lot of people for me personally, I think, with my opinion on this. Um, so with the American League Central, without a doubt, I think the Guardians are the best team, even with baseball changing, that you're playing every MLB team this year, and you can't really necessarily beat up on your division. But I think they're still going to have success. But I think if you're a Guardians fan, I'm not – too excited about the pitching i'm more excited about the lineup because one through seven i feel like i'd be comfortable with because you ended up adding josh bell you got josh naylor you have miles straw possibly and if not you maybe have george valera in the lineup like you have a lot of potential in your lineup and it's really young and that was probably the most exciting part last year for me just because it was so unexpected you had however many debuts but for pitching i'd say we have strong starting pitching guardians fans do from one through three but the question mark remains Zach Plesak or Aaron Savali. He, Those he, are the he guys needs, that needs to be healthy. About. Yeah, he needs to be healthy. There's no, no getting around that. And my theory on Plesak too, it's unfortunate 
But I really think, like, if you look at somebody like Cal Quantra last year, he ended up having such a great year. But the main reason why he had such a great year is they were giving him run support night in and night out. No matter what's, what night it was, he was getting four-plus runs of support. You only have to give up four less runs, and you end up getting a win. And that's ideally what they were doing. That was the formula. And it seemed that whenever Zach Plesek was kind of called upon that day, they weren't interested in giving him run support. So I was starting to think if you go back to – COVID times when it was Trevor Bauer, uh, Mike Clevenger was around, Zach Plesek, all those guys. Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesek, it was known they were hanging out during COVID. They both got in trouble for it. <laughs> Carlos Carrasco was, at the time, he had leukemia. That was back when he was, at the time with that, that's when they found out about it. It compromised the immune system. It wasn't good. Like, that wasn't a good situation whatsoever. They were really fed up with the fact, hey, you put our guy in danger. The both of you, Clev, you've been... 20 plus years old police ex a rookie he doesn't know better necessarily but you should be the veteran guy that says hey i don't want to end up putting my teammate in jeopardy i think to this day those players that the few that do remain they're a little fed up with zach police ex just because of his actions on the field and i yeah. think that's part of the reason why he doesn't get run support i think it's a personal thing towards him obviously you don't want a team like that but i kind of end up heading through, towards that way and i hate to say it because he's a good athlete he's a good dude zach police ex. But I honestly think I wouldn't be surprised if the Guardians traded him because I could see him being a clubhouse cancer almost just because after seeing last year, no run support, the COVID year happening, it makes me question that. And I just kind of look a little bit deeper with that instead of saying, hey, he didn't get run support because they just didn't give him run support that day. I think there's a deeper theory to it. But all in all, this is just speculation. I don't have any source whatsoever. I don't have any proof that this is the case outside of the given reports of a Clevenger and Act hanging out. But I don't know for a fact that he's a cancer to the clubhouse. But that's just an assumption in my thoughts. That's the uh, the good thing about podcasts, eh? assumptions, and uh, you can say whatever you want. If something sticks, great. If not, oh well, who cares, right? Whatever how it goes. You mentioned a guy like you say, Cantor's in the in the uh, in the locker room, and if he doesn't play in Cleveland anymore, but do you think anyone's going to take a flyer on Trevor Bauer ever again? Oh man, so there's been jokes about on our podcast on the We Like Sports podcast that we've ended up saying like, hey, wouldn't it be surprising if Trevor Bauer ended up coming back to Cleveland? He'd probably end up signing kind of cheap. Um, he'd be another, he's still a good starting pitcher. He's just not a great human being, unfortunately. And that's going to be, I think the biggest factor for anybody. I could see him having another opportunity somewhere. I don't think it'd be Cleveland, but it'd be different if it did, because he'd be coming in as the four fourth guy in the rotation. I mentioned Savali and Plesek. If you had to pick one of those over the other and you get Bauer in that rotation, you're looking at a really dangerous team, but you're also looking at a team in Cleveland once again that's dealing with issues similar to, to Deshaun Watson with the Browns. And oh uh, yeah, you probably don't want two of those in the same city. Cleveland I wouldn't think. Yeah. Want to deal with? That. Yeah, I, I never thought that. Right, I'd put exactly. two and two together. You, you probably don't want two of those that. situations for the newspaper and everybody else to uh, to get a hold of and podcasts or whatever. It'd probably be a bad situation. Uh, you didn't get to see the glory years, like, well, you were alive, but, like, the, the real glory years, the way they had some chances, and they they first first moved into Jake and Cleveland. had They licked the jar a few times to go, go into the uh, the World Series against, uh, the, who was it, Miami or Florida Marlins, whatever they called back there. I think it was 97 yep. uh, and the like. Yep, and they, and they I was had one-year-old then. 
they had some great players back there. Tommy Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, uh, Carlos Baerga with the, the the tape around their wrist. So that was, I don't know what was going on there. Like he's getting going to a heavyweight fight or whatever he's doing. But they had some great players back then. Who was a guy that you looked up to when you got a little bit more in your formidable years? Who who was your guy when you were 15, 16 years old? You go, this, I like this guy. Who was your, who was your Cleveland? Because they would have been Indian back then. Who was your favorite Cleveland Indian? Who's your guy? Oh, man, that's... I'd have to actually think about that one. Like if I'm looking at it from like a baseball perspective. So like personally as like a baseball fan, I'll dive into that portion because maybe we can figure it out together because like when I first started playing baseball, I was all about playing third base. I don't know why I thought I had a cannon for an arm. And then as I got older, I'm like, my arm hurts and I don't have a cannon for an turns arm. Out I don't, because, yeah. yeah. It turns out I don't, my arm's not as strong as I want it to be. And then I started playing outfield, I think, like when I was 16 for like a year, just because I wanted to play on the team. So I'm like, oh, I'll play this position, try to figure it out. And it was right field. So, I mean, at the time, nobody's really going opposite field for 16 years old. But I wasn't a great outfielder. I can't track a ball for shit. Like once it's over my head and the baseball goes flying, see, ya, I'm playing it off the fence. As soon as, no soon, as, as soon it was hit, you're running forward instead of backwards, probably right. One of those deals. Yep. <laughs> but it, it's always first step in, right? That's yeah. what I was told. <laughs> And then yeah. eventually I ended up finding my home though at first base and like playing softball now, men's slow pitch softball. I've got to plug that. I mean, you mentioned you're an umpire yeah. for baseball. I go on the other side. I play softball all the time and I have a big yellow ball coming at me at two miles per hour. And I hope that believe it or not, I don't want to hit a home run because that's easy to do. And you run out of those in men's slow pitch. Yeah, but um, I'd say playing first base. So that's ideally where I kind of got comfortable. And that was probably during like 16, 17 years old. If I'm trying to think who like the Indians first baseman was then let's see 2013 was when Francona came into play you had Nick Swisher then I wouldn't say it was Nick Swisher it was probably whoever was the first baseman right before Nick Swisher came around and that might have been I want to say Carlos Santana was after Swisher it might have been like Garco even like Ryan Garco which is a strange name because right, yeah. It's a strange name because outside of Cleveland, that's not a, like, that's, I don't think that's a household name anymore, unfortunately, but Ryan Garko, like he had a good year, he had a 20 plus home runs a couple years. And he was just kind of like that underlying, like just player. Like he was no like stud. He wasn't a show off. He wasn't a 40 plus home run hitter. He was a solid first baseman. He was kind of like the Kelly Shopik of catchers, almost another former Indian name. The uh, you go to baseball, like I go to a lot of games over the years. I try to find a different ball, couple ballparks to hit, hit up, and you, you always have a memorable moment when you go to a park. And it might be a Tuesday afternoon in June, a game that means absolutely nothing. Uh, but there's a, there's something that happens to the, the in that game that that it's your game, whether like you said, you went with your, your stepfather back then, back when you were young. Is there a memory you have from uh, going to the Jake that a game that meant absolutely nothing, or maybe it was a big game or something? Like, what's what, a one game that means something uh, the most to you? Uh, so I was actually just telling this story to my girlfriend not too long ago, just because it was one of the bands that it was just something that played on, like whenever we were driving somewhere and it was the artist that was the band Lifehouse, And it was like this old, just band that growing up, I'm like, it's something Hanging like by Black a moment or something. Wasn't there that their big yeah, song? It was yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That song. <laughs> it was, I think that was the song that was playing too. Yeah. That's how we started talking about that. But it was at Jacobs Field. They ended up having whatever night in like July or June. They ended up having like a concert after one of the games. And I was talking with my stepdad 
and I'm like, hey, I'm like, we should definitely try to go to this game. Like, that'd be really fun. It's a free concert. At the time, I never went to a concert. I didn't go to my first concert until I was 19, 20 years old, and it was a free concert even. Like, uh, that's another story for another day. But (laughs) with that being said, though, with it being a Lifehouse concert, that game actually got rained out. We sat through like two hours of a delay, kept on waiting. And he was like, do you really want to stick around? And I'm like, yeah, because if they play, they're still going to have this. They're going to have this concert. Like, I want to see this concert. I want to see baseball. But this concert afterwards, it's probably going to be 15 minutes. But I want to see the damn concert. Yeah. And like, that's how my thought process was. Fast forward, they ended up announcing the makeup day. It's like September in whatever year it was. And I think this was that year I mentioned that Tommy was back in Cleveland, like 2011, 2012 on like his retirement tour. So during that time frame, it's a day night doubleheader that day, that makeup game, we had seats behind home plate. That's where I was saying like that roof area that I mentioned earlier on where I like to sit. That was the roof. No rain was getting at you. So it was really humid. It was really hot. Well, we ended up sitting in the same seats. We're right next to like the behind home plate camera bay almost. And we sat during that game, during the day game, and I had the option to either go to school that day or go to an Indians game. Obviously, I picked one out of the other because I'm going to end up missing school for a game. And I had tickets back during the summer. Summer, I wasn't in school. It's priorities, right? <laughs> go to see, go to kids' school. Don't or, don't Hold go on. to school, kids. It doesn't do you any good. You'll learn when you're 50 that most stuff you learn on that day, if you miss a day, it's not going to matter. It's not, but whatever. Exactly. It was probably math <laughs> or something like ridiculous. And batting averages or math, if you think about it, it's all averages. I mean, it's Social all studies or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, anyways, so I ended up going to that game. And mind you, I ended up having to miss school. Well, Cleveland.com, I think, Cleveland Plain Dealer, whatever it was, they ended up interviewing me during that game for the paper because it was they're already out of contention it didn't matter and they're like do you mind if we like interview you and my stepdad ended up asking whatever questions and they're like well because you missed like today's game like we'd like to talk to him about it and like that'd be part of the headline and i'm like oh shit (laughs) it might get back out to school now that i miss school like tomorrow in the headlines who knows where this is gonna be at so we thought we'd be creative. Mind you, my name's Peyton. It's a pretty unique name, especially the way I spell it. It's not yeah. the Peyton Manning way. It's the girl way, unfortunately. But it's been that way for 26 years. So Can't change it now. No. Yeah. No, I could if I want to, but there's no point. I'm already over it. Like, I've gotten all the shit I had to get through before. I'm okay. Yeah. I've dealt with it. But I ended up going by my stepdad's last name, and I'm like, oh, that'll fool everybody. They have no idea who this is. So it was his last name, my first name in the paper. And uh, that night, I ended up, we, after that game and after being interviewed and everything, our neighbors next door ended up having tickets to the nightcap of that game. And they're like, we don't want to go. It was kind of like expected to rain, blah, blah, blah. So my grandmother and I, I think, because she, my stepdad was already done for the day. He didn't want to be a part of another game, already spent his money. Yeah. My grandmother and I, I think I ended up going to the nightcap of that game because I wanted to go to another game. I didn't have enough baseball that day. I had the chance to go to a double header. Why not? But at the same time, though, it was a double header. You're not seeing everybody. Your lineups, your minor league lineup, by the time you end up getting into the second, oh, like yeah. your second game, I had a good time. That was the night I saw Jim Tomey. It wasn't during the day portion, but like those were like a little higher up, but it was still a good time to at least have the story that I went to a double header when I was... I don't know, 14, 15. It was still a good story. That's probably my best story I've had at Progressive Field so far. And one of those just 
memory moments that'll stick in. But if I'm going from a media perspective to go a step further, I was actually writing for a website for an old friend that ended up passing away after pancreas cancer, but he ended up having a site called any of sports insiders. And his name was Matt Lodi and he was my boss and he worked for AP radio during 2017. I was covering games for the website and we ended up getting audio from visiting or home players and sending it in, cutting it up. Cause that's what was broadcasting school. He was one of my instructors. So I was blessed with that opportunity 2017 when they clinched i actually got to be in the locker room got champagne sprayed oh, really? on me. i was all part of that i saw jay bruce smoking a cigar jose ramirez youngest can be with danny salazar edwin encarnacion my phone soaked my hoodies soaked like i went over my one buddies that day and i'm like hey i'm stopping over not even to say hi or anything but like just look at me and smell the champagne of the cleveland indians and then i'm gonna go home and clean up <laughs> that's, cool. that's a cool story uh 2015 has got to be a bit heartbreaking your that gets brought up the the cleveland guardians indians franchise hasn't won since 1948 it's coming up in 75 years now it's not a it's kind of a dubious honor i guess du dubious anniversary but uh 2015 yeah the cleveland indians have a 10 because they were indians back then so i can say it uh the indians had a 3-1 series lead with the Chicago Cubs in the World Series that must have been a bit of a kick in the pills for Cleveland Guardian fans or Indian fans back then what 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 in your opinion what happened there oh man so that was actually 2016 the only reason 16, why sorry, I know yeah, 2016 offhand is because the Cavs won the NBA championship that year everything that year for whatever reason really represented 216 which is our local area code if you end up going into whatever phone number yeah. your first three numbers you're punching in usually are 216-440 like those are like the main two mainly so 2016 i mean though even those cavaliers t-shirts it was 216 t-shirts at the time and uh i just gotta end up if it's a video i gotta give a little shout out to the c for the cleveland indians our old c i just realized i was wearing that shirt it's always great when i end up catching myself wearing sports shirts without even realizing <laughs> but uh yeah, during that 2016 year, I was actually down there for game six and game seven, I believe, in between the queue and progressive field. They had Gateway Plaza where they had the watch parties and everything. I wanted to be a part of it. I was already downtown that year for the Cavaliers when they won the NBA championship, which was a sight to be seen. I mean, that was the first championship ever. I was 20, I think, at the time. Yeah, wow, I was only 20 years old when they won their first championship. That's crazy. Just seeing that and, and saying how time that, it flies by now, right? So, oh, that's also that's a long time ago already, right? Like the way yeah, the way time exactly. works, right? It is. It's crazy because like that was something that like growing up, like all our parents, our grandparents never ended up seeing any championship whatsoever. And I got lucky to end up having one within 20 years. But at this rate, who knows? Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But at this point, 2016 is always going to be remembered no matter what. And that's where the majority of those stories will come from. But uh, going back to the story of the game six and game seven, I wanted to keep on going downtown because I wanted to be there if they won the World Series. I wanted to be a part of it. So game seven, game six, they obviously lost. No big deal just because there was a game seven. still. there was always a chance at tomorrow, even if they lost. So game seven comes into play. Um, I'm with my buddy, his girlfriend at the time, and I'm in my Guardians or my Indian shirt, my work boots, my jeans. It's rainy. It's all just kind of like sloppy ass weather going on. Eventually, early on, it wasn't that way. But like everybody was rallied up all by each other until... I'd say 11-ish or so. 
So I had work that day originally. I had to switch with my boss. And at the time, I think I lied to her because I told her I had something going on. And she was like, well, I can't do that, blah, blah, blah. She wanted to go to the Guardians game, the Indians game, too. Yeah. Well, I'm like, well, I already made the switch. You already agreed to it. I already knew the schedule was already happening and that this game was going to be scheduled. That's why I planned ahead just because baseball mind. I just kind of took advantage of the system and whatever information, if I knew more compared to somebody else, I wasn't going to share that because that's to my advantage and I want to be down there. <laughs> so um, I ended up actually getting that off. And I think she eventually made the way down there anyways, just because that's how late the game ran. So it was kind of a benefit of both of us, thankfully, because I would have felt a little bad, especially if they would have won, but I would have probably gotten over it. But um, <laughs> anyways, game seven happens. The last memories that I could remember is I remember going on Facebook Live at the time. It's the bottom of the eighth inning. Rajay Davis hits his home run to tie up yeah. the game. It's 6-6. Six, six. There's so many people in Gateway Plaza. There's so many people inside the stadium. You're hearing the buzz of inside the stadium, and it's outdoors, so it's obviously carrying outside. Like That energy is matching outside the ballpark's energy now at this time. It's electric that if there was no rain delay and I hate to be that Cleveland guy, but if there's no rain delay, that game's a completely different story. Momentum's on their side. They could probably score one or two more runs goes to the ninth inning. That's the ball game, but that's not the case. Unfortunately, Rajay Davis hits that home run. Everybody in gateway Plaza is jumping up and down. I honestly ended up getting elbowed in the eye by a fan because we're all jumping up and down by each other. The guy felt so bad because he was like, oh, my God, I just realized I like knocked you out with my elbow. I didn't even know if I had a black and blue eye at the time. At the time, I don't care. I told him, I'm like, man, I'm like, it's cool. This is a memory. It was, yeah. It's a story. It's a story to be remembered at this point. Like, if it happens, well, guess what? This black guy, this is from when the Indians won the 2016 uh, World Series. There's a picture there somewhere, on social right? media. Yeah, there you go. And yeah, like, no, like, I agree. Like that, that the way that 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 uh, little rain delay was like, it was only like 10, 12 minutes, whatever it was, and it just, it just for somehow, some way, it just changed. And usually, baseball games don't change momentum that way, but it was just something that the Cubs, okay, maybe we'll just settle down a little bit and get, and we'll go back out and get something going here. And maybe Cleveland, you get, you get you're getting, uh, you're thinking a little bit too much and it gets between your ears, and and that's the way baseball can can end up going sometimes. Like, yeah, it, it was a that World Series was so fun to watch with a with a guy didn't have a horse in a race or dog in a fight like myself because you had two teams who hadn't won in such a long time so no matter what for a baseball fan it was good it's just too bad that your your team had to come up on the uh, the short end of the stick what was the vibe like when when it was over and the last out was recorded because nothing like when your team wins it's great but it but that but that feeling kind of goes away and the, the the elation goes away a day later but when your team loses those ones bite you for a little bit like it, those are the ones that you kind of yep. and, and you think about it for a lot more like and it's just the way it is what, what was the feeling like around cleveland the days after that or your feeling so honestly i was a bitter for a little bit too i'm not gonna lie yeah. uh just because with what happened though you ended up having that rain delay everybody's sitting around for this rain delay at the time and it's like okay when's this going to happen? Like there's no rain on the horizon. Like it's just drizzle. We've seen baseball play through this before. You're an umpire. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it be played through. Play through. We, we want to get out of here. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. And I guess if I remember correctly, the rumor was, was that when the Indians ended up going into the clubhouse, the plastic was already up on the locker rooms, whether or not this was from the Cubs side, which I'm sure was already a thing. Plastic was already up on the locker rooms. The trophy was already in the locker room. Really? From what I remember, if this is all true from what I heard, 
the trophy was already in the locker room. The rain delay happened. They all had to go into the locker room. Guess what they saw? They see a trophy. Oh. They think it's a shoe-in to end up winning this now. They're already up. The rain delay killed all momentum. Don't get me wrong. I think that would be a different story if there's no rain delay. Absolutely. Agreed. But what yeah. ended up having that happen, it took a lot of just everything out of you, and then you end up going to Jason Kipnis, I think, in like the ninth inning or the eighth inning after the rain delay because the Indians were still hitting at the time. And he hit one down the foul line, just foul, still over the fence. If he hits that, if it's a fair ball, he's at 7-6 ball game. Indians are up. But it's just a hair foul that he misses it. So then once the ninth inning came around, there was a little bit of hope, I'd say. But the thing is, is once you had somebody like Michael Martinez up as your last out, you already kind of had an idea like that was over with. You have no other options right now. You played all your subs. All the moves out of your chessboard has all been used. Like you're out of pieces now. You can't do anything else. You're stuck with Michael Martinez, which, I mean, he's a great dude. He was a great, like, just, he was a great journeyman type player that if you needed a guy with a couple at-bats, I mean, he came back to Cleveland like two, three times. He went to Pittsburgh. He got traded away, came back. He just can't get out of Cleveland. Like, that was just the way it always was for him. Once you saw that, and the fact that you see that as that last out that goes to Anthony Rizzo, I think that's the most frustrating part just because if it's another hitter, who knows what that possibility would be. But maybe that would be something you could say. I'm not even going to even say Tito ended up mismanaging the game because it's not like you knew that there was going to be a rain delay. But that would probably be the only instance that I'd say he'd ever mismanage anything just because you're not planning for a rain delay. If you're playing as if it's any other game, they're not going to end up calling this game. They're not going to end up having a delay. They're going to get in, get out. That's going to be it. That move shouldn't matter. But now after you end up having a pitcher that's out for however long you're sitting, that might be the double switch move that bit you in the ass almost. So like, I that's just going to speculation upon and upon and upon. But the difference, and I guess the difference of the vibe of having Cleveland Cavaliers winning and the Indians losing is the fact that when the Cavs won going over the same bridge and it's going over, I think like the West 25th bridge, there's like a hospital with parking and there's a lot more parking that way. And it's not a far walk, but um, a lot cheaper than parking downtown. And um, I ended up walking back to my car and the Cavs win the NBA championship. I'm walking back with my buddy, random stranger ends up picking me up, lifting me up in the air over the bridge. And it's a fenced in bridge, but he lifts me up and he was like, the Cavs won the NBA championship. Hell yeah. <laughs> lifts me up, picks me up in the air. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Like this, that's awesome. And I'm looking over this bridge and this fence and I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like if this is it right now, I'm not saying it'd be a good thing, but I'm leaving on a high note. If they ended up dropping me, I'm trusting this random guy with my life right now. And I'm kind of scared. Then walking back over that same bridge after they lost, it's a very somber walk back home. You're just yeah. kind of dragging on your feet, just kind of blah, blah, blah. And you're looking over that same bridge and you're like, man, I just got picked up over here not too long ago. And it was so much excitement. And it's been like two or three months. It could have happened again, but instead I'm walking back in what could have been. And yeah. it's just kind of like, it was like a depression almost for like a couple of days, just because they lost. And I was working at the mall at the time. That's probably like 20 to like 25 minutes away from like downtown Cleveland. And you had a lot of like those Cubs fans around that, whether or not they traveled from Chicago, they had whatever family history in Chicago. A lot of people started wearing their Cubs gear, which 
more power to them. You're in Cleveland. Obviously, I'd rip my team too if I was outside of Cleveland and if I was in Nebraska and I'm yeah. wearing a Cleveland shirt. It's going to happen, like especially if they win. Well, I ended up being very like aggressive in my mind. I'm like, I hate Cubs fans. Like, I don't want to talk to them. They all suck, blah, blah, blah. The best side of me ended up coming into play though that day and he's wearing a Cubs hat. And I'm like, hey, man. I go, come over here. He's wearing a Cubs hat. And he's like, me? And I'm like, yeah, you. I'm like, come on. I'm like, I want to talk to you really quick. And I go, if it was any other time right now and it wasn't the end of my work shift, I'd probably say, you know what? Screw you. You're a Cubs fan. But I go, I want to be honest with you because I know the history of the Cubs and I know the history of the Indians and how not winning feels. I'm like, congratulations, man. I'm like, you guys deserved it. It was a great series. And as a baseball fan, it was fun for the both of us. And I'm like, that's all we could end up being thankful for. And then he ends up going into the story like, oh, well, I remember watching the Cubs with my grandfather when I was growing up. My grandfather, we watched it together and like he's in his 80s or 90s even. And I'm like, okay, I could, I can't be mad at anybody that goes through that kind of drought and could end up having that because that could be me one day too. Yeah, a lot of those stories came out after that World Series about Cubs fans and how they like just just forever and ever in their families and it's just the way it ran throughout the the city and throughout the country because there's Cubs fans everywhere. No matter where where you turn your head, there's a person a Cubs fan. Uh, the, the Guardians had a 92 win season uh, season win season last year. Uh, what do you what would be uh, a good season for? Like, what would be a successful season? I guess for the Cleveland Guardians coming up because like we're winning a World Series is tough. I'm not saying that they're they're not going to because they're they're a playoff team. They almost took out took down my New York Yankees last year. But what would be a uh, successful season for uh, for yourself and, and the Cleveland Guardians? Oh, so I'd say I want to say like Vegas right now. I don't know which sports book, but I mean since betting's legal in Ohio though, I feel a little bit more confident talking about sports betting. I've got yeah. my feet wet a little bit. It's been a nice privilege to have it so far. But uh so far with the Indians or the guardians, um, I want to say like their win expectancy would be like 87 and a half. So you're either getting over or you're under. And I think like, that's a good, like a good enough bar to handle. I think there's still a first place AL central team. Um, I think they still beat up on the division for the most part when they can. But like I said earlier on, they're playing all of the MLB. Now you're playing. The I, don't, Giants, I don't know if I like that. that much. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't either. But like at the same time, though, it's going to be interesting to see the perspective of it, just because you're like you've seen so many times and I'm sure it's the same with the Yankees fans outside, like the Red Sox or like there's always one good team in the AL East. It's not always like three or four. So like with the AL Central, I could probably say the Guardians and possibly the White Sox or the Twins would be like that other top team but you're easily beaten up on the Tigers. I mean, there's been times that the Indians have been 19 and 0 and 18 and one throughout the year against them. That's 18 free wins almost by the time you end up getting 10 and 0. So it's like eight more is just expected. So like the beating up on like the MLB teams actually performing throughout like the giants are, are that's going to be a fun thing to see uh, the Dodgers. You end up having the angels, you end up having the Mariners. Like you're seeing all of baseball now. And a lot of like the good prospects that are coming up. If you're not even a fan of those teams, you're seeing the future of baseball, which like you said earlier on marketing baseball, that's the issue. If you end up having a young guy like Julio Rodriguez, Mike Trout was supposed to be like the role model, the centerpiece of baseball. He doesn't do interviews too often. Like, he's not a big talker. He's not a big, like, showman. If Julio Rodriguez, being as young as he is, and has, like, a 14-year contract, and he could end up being that centerpiece that kids look up to, 
like an A-Rod or like a Barry Bonds, but minus the PED there. <laughs> All the yeah, stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're looking at like baseball and those kids are going to be excited again. And you're also going to get guys that aren't just Cleveland fans. You're getting Seattle fans and Bobby Witt fans. Like you're getting fans of the player again. That's how you should end up doing baseball though. It shouldn't just be Mike Trout or nothing or Shohei Otani or nothing. Cause you're seeing the way they're marketed and look at LA. Like LA is nothing. Like they have all those guys. They have Trout, they have Rendon, they have Shohei. They end up having so many like different pieces. They don't have good pieces. They just have a variety of pieces, but they're not that successful. It's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is though. But I'd say all in all though, with the guardians, I'd say I could end up seeing a similar result. I wouldn't say I don't want to guarantee that they'd make it out of the wild card again, but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up making it a bit further than last year. I mean, that Yankees and Guardian series last year was a whole lot of fun. It was really fun. It was, yeah. Up until the very end, I mean, the fact that you ended up having a walk-off in like the 12th inning or whatever on that Saturday game, I think it was like October 15th, and it was game four, maybe. It was on that like the last game to end up going back to New York or it was yeah. game three. And like that was such like uh, energetic atmosphere because that was the story of Cleveland last year. It was always like the down but not out team. It was the cardiac kids, so to speak, but of baseball. Yeah, they they had they, uh, they gave the Yankees a run with uh, a third of the payroll or whatever it is, and, that, and that's we could talk about that for hours about payroll discrepancy throughout baseball. And it's <laughs> it's it's I, and I don't I don't know if it's so much in some of the other guys I've talked to on our little ballpark tour here that we don't think that it's the uh, the, the you shouldn't be able to stop the the older or the the more. Uh, lucrative teams from spending you got to make sure that the teams that pretend they don't have money that they're that they're actually pushing money into their team because there's a lot of teams that could spend that just don't want to and and they, they just right. and, they, and they won't because they get each team gets a hundred million bucks before the season even starts from the the, the tv deals and, and everything that goes out and then you have revenue sharing and there's owners that just don't and it, and it's and it's not right and so i you, you don't want to have guys like steve Cohen from the mets uh, throwing throwing down 350 million and, and it's not doesn't even hit his bank accounts he's got like 14 million 14 billion sorry actual dollars in the bank and so guys like that you don't want to see that where it's uh, that much of a competitive imbalance but uh when there's teams that just don't spend that that's a big problem with baseball and that's something that they, they really have to try to figure out that in my opinion on that yeah absolutely i'd agree with you on that i mean look at me i mean i've been a cleveland fan for all these years and i've been used to the biggest deal that's really been signed since i've been around is back in 2017 when edwin and carnalcion got a three-year deal during christmas time which was like cleveland's biggest christmas prize when he had like a 60 million dollar contract and he just lasted for three years and like he performed don't get me wrong but he like he had like 30 to like 35 to like 40 home runs throughout his time in Cleveland. But you also ended up expecting to end up seeing maybe a championship or two, maybe a little bit better performance, but he just became a DH after all. Like that's all he was. And after the guardians, you just kind of, they got rid of him for a reason because you have younger guys that you like your Josh Naylor's now that could end up being the same thing. And he's a whole hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. Peyton, thanks for doing this. Let's, let's do some extra innings. Get you out of here. Ready to go. Absolutely. Let's do it. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, uh, yeah, because it's in a bun. Day games or night games? Night games under the lights. That's the only time. Beautiful. Uh, you catch a foul ball or a home run in the stands at the Jake. Do you give it to a kid or do you keep it? Oh, uh, all right. So if that happens, I haven't caught a foul ball yet. 
or a ball in general. My one buddy did in one game, yeah. but if the kid was around me, like if he was around like my vicinity and like we were talking throughout the game, because like anytime I go to a ball game, I want to end up talking to the surrounding people. If the kid's within like the vicinity that he's like a couple seats over, a couple rows down, and he's running to get that foul ball, I'm not going to deny the kid of a foul ball just because when I was younger, I didn't have the same luck. But if he's coming up from like the upper deck and running down to get this ball, I'm sorry, kid. You put in way too much effort for me to give you that ball. Like that, I earned that one, and you're trying to end up trying to show me off that you're 12 years old and that you could do this sweet cartwheel catch. But I also saw you run down all the way over here. If you're in my vicinity, I'd be nice. But otherwise, you're working way too hard for a ball that I'm going to keep. I think that's the right <laughs> answer. Uh, two more. How often do you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Ooh, uh, honestly, not that often. I've probably, probably been not. there like three to four times throughout my whole entire life, probably. If I'm being, and that's a rough number, it might be overshooting it. Yeah, it was just a question. It doesn't much matter. Uh, <laughs> two more. How old is too old to bring your glove to a ball game? Ooh, so <laughs> here's here's my answer. So in the past, I used to bring it all the time. Yep, and the one or two games that like ever since my girlfriend and I started dating in August of last year, we went to like one or two ball games. I haven't brought my glove with me just because like, it's not near me. I always have my softball bag, but I'm like, you know what? If I catch one, if there's been one that comes near me, I'll try to get it barehanded. Cause a, I have to protect her because the foul ball coming at you. I have to at least have the reactions. If my hand stings, the hand stings. It is what it is. But if, if I ended up catching one with the mitt in the past, I probably would bring it, but I never had a purpose for it because I never was that lucky. So if I end up coincidentally catching one barehanded, so be it. There we go. Uh, last one. Should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? Oh, uh, yes. Without a doubt. I mean, yes, you're betting against an on sports, but th I think this is something definitely to talk about in the future. Maybe we could hop on the We Like Sports t podcast and talk about this in the yeah. future. But I'm a big fan of the idea of a steroid steroid wing in baseball. You have so many guys that deserve of it, and Pete Rose would fall into that category too because you have your Barry Bonds's, you have your Kurt Schilling's, Roger you have your Clemens. Alex Rodriguez's, yeah. Roger Clemens's, all these guys that aren't deserving of opportunity because of dumbass decisions, unfortunately. But you end up adding the steroid wing that's separate to the Hall of Fame. Like, okay, let's go down this left hall over here, and here's all the players that all their stats count but they all don't count for anything. So, I mean, I guess I'd end up saying, yeah, he definitely deserves in. Obviously betting on sports is wrong, but also look at Ohio right now. It's legal now. And I mean, obviously as a player, you're kind of doctoring the game or at least considering it, but I think it's not a bad decision to have him in the hall of fame. Yeah, I think it's long overdue, and and like and every every turn of TV on nowadays, it's bet this, bet that, this this sports yep. book that, and it's it's everywhere. Like a, like here in Canada, you can't. There's there's 18 different sports books. There there's one hockey game, and every commercial is a different betting site. But anyways, Peyton, this was yep. a lot of fun. Uh, tell us about your show and where everybody can find you. Okay, so we are the We Like Sports Podcast. My name's Peyton Vince. You can follow me on Twitter at Peyton Vince, uh, also on Facebook and all that too. Same thing, first and last name. Um, we have a website as well now. It's the We Like Sports Podcast website. So we go to www.welikesportspc.com. Um, we end up having our podcast on there. We have baseball articles, football articles, basketball articles, um, XFL a little bit on there. We end up having wrestling. That's going to be new to the website soon. 
pretty much a variety of anything, college sports, college basketball, college football. Um, even like a little sports betting section too. One of the guys that we're friends with, uh, he ends up having his own uh, Snoozy Lose podcast and he ends up having a feature with like his like lock of the week or like Sunday lock of the week. So if you're into betting, it's worth a shot. Maybe give the advice. I know he's kind of been like two for one so far. He was off the one week, but you end up having the cold weeks. Um, but also for the uh, for our podcast, for the We Like Sports podcast, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, all that stuff. We're live on Twitter, which is at We Like Sports PC, just like the website that we mentioned. Um, yeah, and I think that's about it. That's about where you can end up being found for us. Uh, also, we end up having just any social media. Our link trees in any of our bios, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram and Twitter is the same thing. It's pretty easy to just find. We like sports with the Z. Don't forget the Z because you might end up getting lost. And the PC stands for podcast. So always remember. And if you can't find that, just find me at Peyton Vince. There we go. Lots of stuff going on. There's a, it's a, it, no matter what, you can find someone and you can do it. just click on the link and listen to your guys' show. I listened to a few few of them in the last few days and that. No, they were all great and a lot of uh, good content there to listen to for sports fans everywhere. Peyton, thanks a lot for doing this. We'll have to hook up uh, halfway through the baseball season and see how the, uh, the, the I see I screwed up again. See how the <laughs> Guardians are doing. So I'm, I'm, I'm 48 years old, man. Like, it's just one of those things, right? So we'll have to I hook up for sure. how it is for Cleveland, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Thank you very much for coming on the show and we'll do, have to do it again. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me.